founder of samples.com he bought that domain for call it mid six figures four or five hundred grand several years ago they've processed they do about 40 million top line there uh, on about you know call it 25 29 million bucks in ad spend again generating just mil millions and millions and millions of leads that they then sell to targeted advertisers in a very efficient way based off user surveys i hope his model replaces advertising because i think advertising is totally broken and the incentive structures are messed up check out his new company zito which i'll link to in the show notes coming up tomorrow morning you will learn from steve olsher who breaks down how wealthy people put on a conference but first here's today's episode this is the top where i interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base you'll learn how much revenue they're making what their marketing funnel looks like and how many customers they have I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Stefan Goss. He's the founder, entrepreneur, and technology executive behind his first company, Zito, at 22, which he created at 22 and continues to run today. He's led the company expanding from a team of three people to over 70 in just under five years. And with the launch of the ad network, he plans on continuing the company's growth story here in 2017. Additionally, he also founded samples.com and getitfree.us, which is the biggest free samples property on the internet. Stefan, are you ready to take us to the top? I'm ready. So you're giving us a bunch of free samples today on the episode, right? We get all everything for free, anything we want. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Just check out samples.com. <laughs> In all seriousness, tell us about that real quick before we jump into Zito. So they're the large, first off, samples.com. Did you buy that or there must be an interesting negotiation story there? It, it was actually really random. So yeah, we did actually buy that about three years ago. We were surfing for a better domain than get a free.us. How much did you buy, buy it for? Um, you know what? I don't even really remember. It was Come like, on, Stefan. You have like to remember that number. It was like mid six figures. I don't remember the exact number, but it was like mid six figures. So call it so like I, 400? It was right around there, I think. Where did yeah. you get that money from? Uh, we were profitable at the time. Okay, and Get It Free was profitable. Correct, yeah. So so you want me to quickly jump yeah, into the story? Yeah, tell me that story. Okay. So, so yeah, You're like, will you back so off and stop asking me all these numbers <laughs> questions so I can tell a goddamn story? <laughs> yeah, tell me the story. <laughs> I think the numbers will make a lot more sense right after. <laughs> So yeah, it really all started with samples.com. And when I say samples.com, I mean both samples.com and get it free. Obviously, we acquired the domain later, but the domain is much better. So now we just call the whole thing samples.com. Um, <laughs> so, and it really kind of got started on like a kind of unique problem that we ran into. So at the time, I was like 22. Um, I just left Switzerland. So I'm originally from Switzerland. I left when I was 19, I think. Weirdly enough, at that time, I'd literally just spent the last 10 months living in a tent, um, for, like 10 feet from a runway in New York. So I was a professional skydiver at the time. And I decided that did not was not potentially my calling forever. So I moved to San Diego, and that's kind of where I got started on samples.com. Um, You're 23 now or still 22? At that point, I was 23. Okay. 23, that's right. So either way, at that point, like I, I, I was foreign, so I kind of just figured out I had to make money online because I couldn't really get a job. And so at the time, we're like the three of us, and we're making like a thousand bucks a day, kind of like running ad campaigns just on the internet. So it was pretty good. Um, so we're basically just buying ads based on Facebook, collecting some information, and then sending users on. So that was the samples.com uh, samples get a free model. So we spent like a buck and make a dollar twenty-five. And so our ads were all for free. Over, over, well, hold on, over what period of time? What did it take you to recoup that cost? Oh, like 15 minutes. So it, that yeah, was like yeah. the, the initials, the average like cart value was a dollar twenty-five right at the right after you spent that dollar. 
So interestingly enough, everything is lead gen. So we don't actually charge anything. So everything is completely free. So when I say $1.25, I mean, so we acquired the user for a buck. We basically collect PII, first name, last name, email, phone number, and then we'd forward that to, to some lead buyers. PII right? is personal so, information? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it was an, it's an arbitrage play, right? And so we basically give away free samples. Just on top of that, we found a ton of them online, right? There's a ton of them. We just aggregate them and we actually ship out a ton of them ourselves. And what, so give me like an example, how big you built that in one month, what would you spend on ads to acquire new leads? So in the beginning, it was fluctuating a ton. Like we were probably doing about 20, 30% margin. Um, so it was pretty solid. We were maybe making 30 grand of profit a month. When you so, say, when again, you say 20 or 30% margin, you, you gross margin or net margin? Um, which was pretty much the same thing at that point because our okay. costs were literally just kind of, I mean, ad spend at that point, like the office was like 800 bucks a month. So you right? make so 20 cents kind of, on every dollar you spent. Correct. Yeah. Got it. The dollar would turn into dollar 25. And then so one day, one of our largest clients calls us and just basically, like, Hey, um, you're sending us great leads, but they're kind of generic, right? Um, can you just send us diabetics? And we're like, um, well, no, we have no idea who is and who isn't diabetics. It's just free sample stuff, right? It's kind of unrelated to anything diabetic related. They're like, well, that's too bad because we could pay you like eight bucks instead of a dollar twenty-five. And so either way, we got pretty motivated to figure that one out. <laughs> eight times and as motivated to be exact. That's right. That's correct. That's, <laughs> that was quite a lot more motivated. And so we tried a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we tried buying Google search, but that ended up being like 20 bucks a click. So that was no good. And then we tried like sourcing like a pharma file and that didn't work either. Right. Because we were like figured like it's going to it end up being like incredibly expensive and incredibly hard to do. And so we ended up taking pretty much the simplest approach and we were literally just like, Hey, what if we just ask? So we tried that. We literally just put a question onto the order form. Um, are you diabetic? And then turns out 14% of the U S population is, and they are happy to tell you about Did your it. cohort, uh, uh, ref like also mimic the total U S population. About 14% of your leads were diabetic. That's right. It's, it's yeah. pretty much a perfect match. Yeah. yeah. And so we're, we're pretty spot on. So, so suddenly we're making $8 per user on 14% of the population instead of a dollar 25. And got it. So really, that's the whole model we built. The and what was your number, though? I mean, I want to get a sense of scale. What were you spending on month in terms of ads? So, oh, man, that's, takes, that's a long while back. I would guess most days we probably spend about 10K. And per so day? Pay, per day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So we and were spending about, go ahead. I was going to say self-funded, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, it was just always profitable. Uh, yep. And so whenever we were profitable, well, it was always breaking even. <laughs> because whenever it was profitable, we'd hire a bunch more people to, so that we'd be breaking even again. So you would, um, I mean, your first 10 bucks you spent on ads, was that like your savings from teaching skydiving off the sun in the tent? <laughs> it, it, wasn't, it wasn't quite that bad. Okay. Um, so, um, I jo so I had a business partner at the time. And so he had kind of started the business to begin with. Um, and so we... So, but either way, so he, there was some cash flow to begin with. Okay. It was like, I think it was like 20 or 30 grand and it was just always profitable. And we'd always spend and we'd make more money. And then whenever we made more, we'd spend it again. And that's the beauty of the model, right? Because we can recover our cash within like fast. 15 minutes. Yep. So the cash to cash cycle is crazy fast. And that was such a hugely important thing to us, right? If we had acquired our users and then had to wait 90 days to actually make money from them, we would have been hosed. There would have been no way to actually ever be profitable. On totally. That. What, um, <clears throat> What, uh, it, it's still around today, right? Still around today. Yeah. What was, what was, you still own it? Uh, correct. Yeah. We do about a hundred thousand users a day now. A hundred thousand new leads? New users that come to the site a day. Sorry. It's 300,000 people that come to the site and roughly a hundred thousand of them sign up. And then so a, a sign up is a new lead, right? You then sell to a diabetic company or any other company. So, so 
let, let me keep going on that. Basically, what we ended up doing is we ended up taking that question asking model and just scaled it way up. So now we have hundreds of questions. We obviously don't ask everybody 100 questions. It's usually somewhere between eight and 10 questions. But literally, we took that model and we literally just ask people questions up value to lead first, right? Because what the questions really allow us to do is to find data points like, are you diabetic? Yeah. And if they are a diabetic, suddenly the value is just massively greater. And so we do that for car insurance. We do that in, a, in dozens of different spaces. And so, yeah, that's exactly what we still do. And so, so the lead value is really more of a composition of all your answers than actually just like one lead. But yeah, that's still pretty much the model. So this is fascinating to me, but I also do want to talk about your new company. So last last questions here on samples.com. So in 2016, kind of rounded out for us, I'm curious what total ad spend was for you guys and what total top line revenue was. So top line was right around 39, I think. Okay. Total ad spend, I would put right around like the, 20 to 25 range. Honestly, I don't know that a number just as a standalone. So generally speaking, call it, a lot. yeah, generally speaking, call it 40 million top line. You're taking about, you have hard costs there in terms of cost of goods sold, which is really your ad spend. It is variable. They can turn on off about 20, 25 to 30 million. And then assume, I don't know what you like to take to the bottom line, but I assume you obviously have general admin salaries, all that in there as well. And then you just take whatever's left to the bottom line, huh? Correct. Yeah, the team is about 25 people right now. And what do you do with what goes to the bottom line? You just reinvest it for next year or upgrade the office space or what? So I've spent the last two years basically reinvesting that money on the Zito side. So that's kind of how we pivoted to that. If that works Okay, for you. that's uh, perfect. Yeah. So how much personally right now have you put into, into Zito to get it going? Oh, man, I don't even count it that way because the two companies kind of just balance right out. How do you count it? <laughs> Uh, well, we just break even overall. Got it. So that's kind of right. So we basically take all the money from the one company that is the profit and then put it into the other company. Okay, this is going to be, so, this is going to sound like a stupid question, uh, but but I want to know your answer. How do, so how do you pay for your personal rent and your food? I, I just get a salary. Yeah. Okay, but so, I'm actually not the highest person in the company by actually a, a fairly large stretch. So got there's it. people that, and it's it's one of those things where, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm 29 at this point, so I don't really have massive overhead or yeah. I don't have family. I don't really need a ton of like. Are you single? You know, uh, I have a girlfriend. Okay, so a, a little more expensive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Okay, so tell us, what is Zito? What does it do and what's the revenue model? How do you make money? Right, so we basically took the question model that we built under samples.com. So we we spent the last five years building tech around that. But so, and really, I mean, so it turns out it ends up being really, really hard to ask those questions in the right order and as efficiently as possible, right? If you have three questions, yeah, that's fairly simple. But if you have hundreds of questions, figuring out which one to ask when and then which advertiser wants to actually buy against that, right? So it's, it's literally just an ad inventory play that is triggered by questions. And so we, so what we did on the Zito side is we built a ton of tech to actually make that much more efficient. And so now the play is really that we're taking um, the same model that samples.com, what would make samples.com so successful, right? I mean, the tech had a, had a large piece to do with that, especially in the beginning. Um, and we're just letting other publishers access it, right? So many people have a hard time monetizing their traffic. And so we're literally just building... Um, it's kind of similar to Google AdSense. It's just an ad tag, basically, that we give you. Uh, but the ad tag asks questions first, upvalues your traffic, and then sells ad inventory against it. To give you an idea, right, regular CPMs from AdSense range from 5 to $20. And by the way, AdSense is a great product. We, we love it. We use a ton of it. So it doesn't actually replace AdSense. It's just a good analogy, really. Mm -hmm. um, but so there's, their CPMs range from 5 to $20. Ours range from... 400 to 2200 dollars cpms right so and just CPMs so just to break that yeah. down real quick uh for uh, stefan for my audience so cpm that's basically cost per thousand impressions 
Correct. For, so for every thousand ads we show, we get about twenty-two hundred dollars. For every thousand ads that AdSense shows, they get ten dollars. So well, it's I, a huge, huge difference. I should not say this because we're obviously recording now, and I'm going to talk about this actual podcast channel for me and how I make money on it. I do research, and all these other podcasters are making like fifteen to twenty dollars CPMs. Except a CPM is not a view; it's really a download, right? Um, I don't charge like that model. What I do is I ask my advertisers what their CAC is. And I say, and I just do a survey to my audience and figure out if I can beat that CAC from their other channels. And I only take on the sponsor if I, if, if I can beat that CAC. So sponsors now, if I actually figured out what the CPM was, like if I took my total sponsor revenue annually and then looked at my total downloads annually, I'm cranking somewhere near, near not as good as you, but somewhere near like a $900 CPM. I guess I think you're at 2200 yeah, that's really amazing. Um, so I think the difference is you have one view, quote unquote, per download, right? I mean, uh, if you're if you're using AdSense, you'll generally have three ads per page, and each of them will be doing five to ten dollars CPM. See, that's so that's it's cool, additional, right? And so that's kind of the difference, right? If you go to really any website, you you won't just see one ad in the beginning, right? And it's just kind of like a podcast would. You will really have ads kind of everywhere. And that's so, really interesting. So it ends up being a very blended rate of how much revenue you drive. So you drive a lot more impressions than one impression per, per session. Why doesn't every company see what you saw and create their own little free sample, free giveaway, collect their leads, ask good questions, and and build their whole onboarding funnel around that? Why don't people do that, you think? It seems like such a much smarter way to do business. Yeah, <laughs> But I've asked that myself quite a bit. Um, so A, it, it does actually turn out to be really quite hard, technology speaking. Um, so the math is quite complex, right? I mean, we, we're talking about 7 billion possible combinations as kind of like the current the current stage, right? Then you need to find all the advertisers that want to buy against that. And so that's kind of where we see our opportunity is that we can offer a product that gives people really the ability to use questions without having to hard code them, right? When you hard code that stuff, it's just... The efficiency is fairly low. And I mean, we spent the last five years getting away from having to do that and really getting those efficiencies figured out. But like, so let me just go deep with you here for a second, Stefan. So like in a world where everyone's like Facebook, clickbait, echo chambers, Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. You know, those things are never going to change if the incentive structure, especially in Silicon Valley, is VCs putting money into companies and those companies need to keep eyeballs as frequently and as long as possible to sell ads. A potential I've been looking and hunting for, is there an incentive structure that will eventually replace that? One of them could be, right, content pieces that are surveys, and then you're literally selling those leads back to the advertisers instead of doing all this baloney, let's make a weird picture with boobs in it and get a click. Well, that's a, that's an interesting observation, right? I mean, Facebook and Google have really made their money, and they've been so incredibly successful because they have all this data, Right. But everybody else just doesn't, right? If you're even if you're somebody as successful as the New York Times, right? That is quite a large company with a lot of resources. They still know quite little about their users because their users just come there for content, right? They don't register like on Facebook, that's right? And they don't give them all the information, right? That's right. So the questions kind of let us bridge that gap between people who already have a ton of uh, have a ton of information. That's really only Facebook and Google, right? At, at that scale. And so, so we, our goal is to help other publishers have a better revenue model that really allows them to do hopefully as cool stuff as Facebook and Google. Do you work with a lot of publishers? So we're just really launching the, problem, uh, the, the product June 1. We have three beta publishers that we have tested with. It's working really quite well for them. Can I go and try so it on one of them? Um, so it doesn't really – yes, I can send you a link. It doesn't really quite work that. It's usually not that easy to get to because it's okay. usually kind of deeper down on the site. But, yeah, I mean there's several places you can check it out.
Okay, link me to one. I'll put one in the show notes. I'd love to check it out. Plus, it'll boost your numbers. I'll make you look extra good because I'll put my audience through it too. <laughs> so let me, let me ask you another hypothetical. Um, I'm making this up. I buy the New York Times for $400 million. Um, I say, we're not doing any ads. We're, we're, our revenue model is not going to be ads. So I'm going to cut 80% of the workforce. I'm going to keep the best editors that create the best content, not clickbait. And I'm going to say, Stefan is the guy in charge of monetizing all of this traffic. You're going to basically put together some kind of article that gets people into a survey. What's the headline on that article that we run on the front page of NewYorkTimes.com? Yeah, so so I, I don't know if I would cut all the content because they have some pretty amazing content. So I think how, how we're thinking about that specific example, right, is the New York Times, basically, you end up having a paywall, right? So that's part of their revenue model is ads, part of their revenue, revenue model is a paywall. And so we really see ourselves more as a, maybe not a paywall replacement, but as a much better addition to that, right? Mm -hmm. For example, you say, hey, you've seen your 10 articles, you have to pay. Um, our offer is basically, hey, either pay or register, right? The registration will be have some inherent value to New York Times to begin with because they can remarket to it, right? But we can then also monetize them and pay them two bucks per registration, right? It's a much lower friction way of getting some extra revenue from each user and getting it much quicker. So it's really more, so it'd be more of a, we're not the only revenue source for a company, right? We're incremental and we really mm -hmm. add in pretty well with the existing ad model and even with a paywall model. It's just kind of a nice alternative to have to test. I just look, I, so the reason I'm being polarizing these questions is because I do believe like in the very near future, like if you could make money as a publisher without ads, I would do that every time. I, and in full transparency, I'm thinking about buying a very large media property that if I said the magazine name, everybody would know it's not the New York times. And I literally have run the models on this. Obviously, if we cut out all the ads on the site, which drastically increases the experience, right, which it's hard to measure yeah. the uplift in that, right? But let's say we cut it and I just do it and I have cash so we can make it last. I would then want to figure out like ways to put up like things on on that site that say something like. Um, let's say, again, let's say I'm buying the New York times. I'd say, uh, it'd say pay five bucks a month to get like our exclusive content or take the quiz to see if you're smarter than Donald Trump. <laughs> right. When they enter that quiz, it's going to say, uh, I'm making this up. Donald Trump is Trump is diabetic. Are you right? Like you, you'd frame all the questions in the relativity of like whatever the, 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 the headline was, why go, why are you going the route of just saying, click here to register? Well, so a, it's going to be much more complicated to custom write the questions for each of the articles. So the questions are built to be more broad. Um, would it work in that context? Absolutely. So I think it has to be enough of an incentive, though, for users to actually sign up. So we basically see one single content piece as potentially not enough of an incentive to sign up. I think, right, and I think to the company itself, um, people probably don't want to take a survey 12 times, right? They don't want to come back and every time they see an article, they want to take a survey, right? That's going to just end up being the ad model all over Can't again. Can't you just though know that from the cookie, they've already taken it and only show them the pay option, not the take the quiz option? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Right. But I mean, then you, you're much better off doing it on registration in our opinion. And so that's actually going to be the big thing for us this year, right? We don't really know where it's going to work the best yet. So trying all these different options, right? Right now we're kind of just guessing. We know, so on samples.com using questions, we've done about 125 million in revenue. So we have gotten really quite good at using questions to generate revenue. So now the question though is, how does that fit in into other publishers' revenue models, right? And which publishers, right? The new space may not be our most successful space, right? So that's really kind of what the goal is for this year is to, to see where we can really fit in. If I had a hit reality show, say, let's say Shark Tank just hired you. And they said, Stefan, we want you to figure out how to use live, like 
like you have th five seconds at the end of every Shark Tank episode to figure out how to capture data on our users. We don't want to rely on Nielsen anymore. What's a call to action you would put on the screen that gets them into a registration or a survey or something where you can then start collecting that data? Oh, man, I bet you something like an exclusive preview, right? Really any additional content that they can get quote, for free just by filling out the survey, I think, especially something on TV, it would probably crush it, right? See the first part of the next episode, right? Anything like that that really drives people to the web, I, I think would work would work very well. So, and then finished out that thought. So, so let's say it says at the end, like, to see oh, what sure. happens backstage after this deal, but what's the call to action? Sign up, register, check out the website. Um, click, yeah, he, click here to register. And then, okay, so they click register. Well, and then would you frame the questions around entrepreneur-related content or would you put up your generic question set? So both, actually. So we can do uh, we can do custom question sets that really fit into the website. And so what we have done, we've built a ton of models, actually, that figure out which questions work best on which property. So the goal is that the questions auto-optimize themselves and that they just basically optimize themselves for the best response rates. So what we have seen is that when we put it onto a new property, some questions that work really well on old properties don't work as well on new properties because either the audience is different or the perception of the questions in the context is slightly different. So, opt but the beauty is we have built a system to where it auto optimizes itself where we don't, right? The goal is not to you as a publisher to have to write 15 different questions, right? The goal is that you literally just put in a piece of code and I send you a huge check every month. Right. Yeah, so this is fascinating. That's kind of where we've tried to, be, to simplify it too. And so we've rewritten the platform from scratch. Like when we launch it, not a single piece of code will be the same as when we built it the first time. So yeah. we have completely reworked everything to be able to accomplish that and just get huge scale into it without having any server issues. That's really interesting. Sorry, we're going over here. I just, you have lost, I'm, you can tell this is flowing very nicely because I'm literally <laughs> lost in thought on this. The, and the big thing is like on the podcast, I have, I have many, many sponsors, but three come to mind. Clipfolio for dashboard analytics, Acuity Scheduling for quick email scheduling, and HostGator for domains. When people hit my website, I have struggled to figure out how to, how to figure out which one of those to show to new subscribers. Sure. And what I end up doing is some convoluted, email autoresponder with a question like do you schedule a lot of meetings and if they say yes then send them my sponsor that services that need and there's just no efficient way to do it i've read the book ask by ryan levesque like i've looked at bucket.io i've looked at technologies and it's just i, I haven't found a solution yet maybe i should try you uh, absolutely yeah we're launching it in june one i'd love to do a trial with you i mean it's gonna be really interesting that's that's literally a perfect application right where you have a user where you have a user group that has some very interesting attributes like uses an email marketing service right that's not that many people that do that right so using questions to really surface but it may only be 20 percent of your user base which so is if you fine show the ad to everybody which is fine right but if you showed the ad to everybody then you've wasted 80 percent of your ad buy and not just that not just that if you show content to 80 percent of your user base that have no interest in it they unsubscribe from your email list so you don't want to show that sure. to them if they're not interested right it'll be boring it'll be like oh why, why is he showing to me but yep. if you can show to the 20 percent the email to the 60% of scheduling that are interested in that, right? So that's really, and so interestingly enough, three advertisers is really not enough to do it efficiently with. And so that's kind of what we've done. So we have over 200 advertisers now, right? And so that's kind of the, the piece that we also bring kind of to the table is a large advertiser base that really buys into all kinds of diverse questions. So and I so can let you add allowed... additional questions in my survey and I can let you sell to your other advertisers. 
Correct, and I'll send yeah. you a check. I'll yeah, send exactly. you a check. I mean, Very that's, interesting. That's pretty much exactly the business model. Yeah. And then, we're, sorry, we're way over here on time. Let me just fireball questions here. What do I pay you for this? Is this a SaaS company? Is it a, a rev share? What? Completely free. We have no long-term contracts. We have no fees. I will send you a check for the rev share, and you can use your own advertisers for free. And what's the rev share typically? Um, we haven't really said it yet. That's kind of one of the things we're testing into. Yeah, okay. that's, we're still in the experimenting phase on that. Guys, I get asked all the time, Nathan, you host all these interviews, hundreds of them per month. How do you do them efficiently? And guys, the answer is simple. People always agree to my calendar, back-to-back meetings. I batch my interviews to stay very efficient. And the way that I do it is I use a tool called Acuity Scheduling at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. And the reason I use them is very simple. They keep my no-show rate very low because they send out reminders about when the interview or the meeting is coming up. And also, they make it very easy to schedule time, right? I don't have to go back and forth via email 10,000 times with people I'm trying to meet with. Okay, at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Helps me so much. And by the way, look, I like have so many meetings. I'm the best at meetings. Okay, I do them back to back. Very, very efficient. You guys know me. Many people say I'm the most efficient they've ever seen. Okay, so I use the tool. It's so efficient. And by the way, I got Gavin. I said, Gavin, he's the CEO. I said, I want a great deal for my people. He said, Nathan, well, most people get a 14-day trial. Isn't that great? I said, no. He's giving us a 45-day free trial at nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. That's not going to stay up forever, so go get it now. nathanlatka.com forward slash schedule. Got it. Very cool. Um, Awesome. All right, let's wrap up here, man, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Actually, I'm going to change that. What books have you read related to like the psychology of asking the right questions in these funnels? Oh, man. Um, So many of them, really. Name name them all. Favorite business book, though, is the, The Power of Habit. So I, I got to go straight to that one. Weirdly enough, like I'm a big personal habits kind of guy. So th- that favorite business book, definitely. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Uh, Elon Musk, always. Number f- uh, three, besides your own, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? See what I did there? <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Slack and I love Gmail. Those are probably my two biggest. Just the communication side is so big for me. So I love that. Number four, uh, is uh, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, eight and a half to nine. That's I'm great. religious about that. Me too. I love sleep. Ten hours. That's why I look so good. All right. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> what's your What's your situation? Are you married? Single? Do you have kids? Uh, I am not married. I do not have kids, and I'm dating. Got it. So, so yeah, not married. Oh yeah, you mentioned that earlier when we talked about your expensive expenses. And how <laughs> How old are you? Twenty nine. I'm twenty nine. All right, Stefan, take us home, man. Take us back nine years. What do you wish your twenty year old self knew? <laughs> oh man. Um so many things i was like oh man we've made so many mistakes along the way (laughs) um i just keep going for it right i mean that's getting started and just do it that that's always kind of been my thing i've never really had that many options beside that so i think the the lack of options was really helpful for me to just go big and that's kind of what i've always done so hopefully it keeps working guys there you have it from stefan go big founder of samples.com he bought that domain for call it mid six figures four or five hundred grand several years ago they've processed they do about 40 million top line there uh, on about you know call it 25 29 million bucks in ad spend again generating just millions and millions and millions of leads that they then sell to targeted advertisers in a very efficient way based off user surveys i hope his model replaces advertising because i think advertising is totally broken and the incentive structures are messed up check out his new company zito which i'll link to in the show notes stefan thank you for taking us to the top if you enjoyed Stephen today, go back and listen to Ran yesterday, where he breaks down why air pollution is deadly, but how he's really cashing in. 